Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Today's message title is Hey Holy Spirit, and you can write that if you're at home. Welcome to, my name is Dan and I'm part of the team here at Highway, and it's just a great honor to be sharing the Word of God. You know, it's a great honor because the Word of God changes lives, doesn't it? The word, who's thankful for the Word of God? Who's thankful that it breathes life and it's, and it's not, it's new today as it, when the same thing that we've read yesterday can breathe life into our situation today. And God wants to do that this morning. And so if you're taking notes, Hey Holy Spirit is the message title. And um, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Lately, I've been on a bit of a journey to get to know Holy Spirit better. And I love that because the more I learn about Him, the more I'm just wowed that He would choose to be with me and with us. Holy Spirit wants to work through you today, church, and in you today, church. John 14, 16 says, and this is Jesus, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. We don't have the physical body of Jesus with us, but we have the Spirit, Holy Spirit with us. And that, my friend, is a great advantage in life. The word advocate, advocate here also, come, also translates to one who comes alongside. I'm happy that I have a God who comes alongside me, aren't you? Who's thankful that we have a God who comes alongside us through life's valleys and mountaintops experiences, who comes alongside us through all seasons of life. Who knows that we need all the help we can get? Or am I the only one in the building today that needs all the help I can get with this life? On my journey with the Holy Spirit, there's some things that I've realized lately. And the Holy Spirit is quite disruptive, I've realized. He likes to disrupt the norm. He doesn't take well with routines. He doesn't take well with ins and outs and getting used to things. He likes to disrupt our lives and it's just the way He intended it to be. The passage of Scripture that we're about to read from Acts chapter 3, 1 to 10, tells a story of John and Peter, and they're on their way to the temple to pray. Now, they would have done this many times. They would have gone to this temple to pray many times, and yet this time, there's something that happens, and the Holy Spirit intervenes, and there's a miracle that results. And I believe this is going to speak to us today. Are you ready? Let's read Acts 3, 1 to 10 together. It says, One day... Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray at the time of prayer, three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then he said to them, silver or gold I have not, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's just take a moment to pray. 
Dear Lord, I thank you for that word. I pray, Lord, that you would illuminate the things to us, Lord, that show your spirit at work. I pray, Lord, for open ears in this place, for open eyes in this place, for open hearts in this place to receive what you wanna breathe in us this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Do you know somebody in your life who breaks things? Maybe you're sitting next to them right now. Maybe they've broken your car. Maybe they've had a few accidents. Maybe they've broken or dropped your iPhone a few too many times. Does anybody have that person? Come on, we all do. We all have that person in life who knows how to break something. Growing up, the person in my life who knew how to break something was my brother, my dear brother called Jacob. Now, Jacob knew how to break things. He would be inquisitive. You know those kids who were inquisitive? They want to pull apart things. They want to know how stuff works. That was Jacob. Jacob would pull apart our PlayStation and forget how to put it back together. Jacob would pull apart his stereo and somehow make it louder and more bass. And Jacob would pull apart his car motor and wreck his car. Jacob was all the time pulling things apart and breaking things. In fact, my first broken bone was a result of Jacob. Double bounce on the trampoline, don't do it, kids. But even my first broken bone was a result of my brother Jacob. And Jacob didn't just like to break items and bones, he liked to break rules too. And one time he was tasked with looking after my younger cousin, and my younger cousin was six years younger than Jacob. And they left him in Jacob's care. And Jacob and Jordan, they found the house chlorine for the pool, and they also found some lighters. Now, Chlorine's very flammable and Jacob knew that. And they were doing this thing they called fire running where they would put the chlorine on their clothes and run into the pool before it started to burn them. And so my auntie gets home one day and the bin is left out and Sin's clothes are outside of the bin and there's a whole phone full of fire running videos as evidence for my dear auntie. Jacob loved to break rules, he loved to break items, he was just Jacob. <laughs> In the same way, can I say the Holy Spirit loves to break things in us. He loves to break the norm. He loves to break our patterns. He loves to break our routine. And my first point of prayer that I've been praying lately is, Holy Spirit, break my routine. Just, Holy Spirit, I give you the space and the place just to break the routines that I've created that aren't healthy in my relationship with God. Verse two, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day. See that lame man, he was put there every day. He would beg from those going into the temple courts. He was placed in the same spot probably. He was placed around the same people. There would have been other people around him who were lame and sick and diseased. He had the same condition. He had it from birth every day. He asked for the same thing probably every day, money. And yet on this particular day, the Holy Spirit interrupts the routine of the church, Peter and John, and, divine, and, a, and a divine moment happens. You see, I think Holy Spirit's into divine disruption of our life. I believe the Holy Spirit is actually in the, in the business of divinely disrupting our life and rearranging things and breaking down our routines and our, and our religiosity around church and what we do. The reality is there was countless people that day who would have been begging and would have been crying out and yet Peter and John broke their routine for the one God had placed on their heart. 
And that's all we're called to do, church, is break our routine for the one God, Holy Spirit places on our hearts. That we would be willing to go, I'm willing to, to, to step away from what I was doing. I'm willing to step away from what I think is best or what I think is reasonable in order to flow with the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in me and through me. Divine disruption. I, I wanna be a person who's aware. Have you, have you walked into a room before and, and been aware of the Holy Spirit in the room? And you've been disrupted by the Holy Spirit's thoughts? Have you, have you had that? Where you're looking at people and you're starting to get words for people or maybe you see someone and you feel to pray for them? That's divine disruption. And we, and we can get so good at just going on and acting like we didn't see it. We can get so good at just letting it become white noise, the disruption of the Holy Spirit. Or we can start to act in obedience and start to step out and start to, and start to really partner with God. You see, there's people who feel like, you know, John and Peter in the story, but there's also people, can I say, who feel like the man on the mat, the lame man who was placed there every single day. You see, his routine was disrupted too. See, the Holy Spirit was interested in, in disrupting this man's routine too. He didn't want him to beg any longer. He didn't want him to suffer any longer. He didn't want him to have to, to, to sit there in the same spot every single day outside the temple. He had a different plan for that man on this day. Would the church respond? My second prayer of late has been, hey, Holy Spirit, break my heart. See, notice this is what Peter does. He says, Peter looked straight at him. And then Peter said, look at us. What's that eye contact? There's something about when you give your focus and your attention to something that may seem ugly. You know those moments when you're confronted with something and you're like, turn away. You're like, it's too confronting. I can't look, I can't. I don't, like when you go to India, if you've been to India, you know there's some things that are really, really confronting in that, in that sphere and you can turn your eyes and go, well, this is too great a need. There's too much that needs to be done. All you can give it your focus and your attention. All you can say, you know what, well, I'm gonna give my focus and attention to this because I need it to break my heart. The thing I love about Pastor Byron is he went there 30 years ago to India and he allowed it to break his heart. And it's no mistake that what's been built over in India through reaching thousands is something that God has purposed because he used one man's broken heart in order to draw out the mission of the church. And now thousands of people are fed and now people, widows are cared for and now churches are being built. Why? Because God broke Pastor Byron's heart and because of that broken heart, it influenced and energized him for the kingdom of God. What's breaking our heart, church? What have we turned our eyes from? Because everybody else was begging. They would have walked past this man many times. The routine of their life was just to walk past. And yet in this moment, they feel Holy Spirit go, no, you need to act here. Not just act here. Don't just give it your attention for a moment. Let it break your heart, church. See, I remember I was standing right here and Pastor Don McDonald, remember he was here a few months ago now. And I was standing there and I was feeling, to be honest, it was just before youth camp. I was feeling a little bit tired. It was the end of the term. And I'm like, I've got youth camp in another few weeks. And I'm standing there and I love doing youth. I love youth ministry. I love raising teenagers up. I believe that the future and the hope of the church, I love that. But the thing is, I'm standing there and I'm feeling a little bit, oh, you know, just when you're tired. And then I get prayed for and Pastor Don starts to pray that I would have a broken heart. And you know what happened? I bawled my eyes out on that for hours on the ground. 
And my heart was just breaking and breaking and breaking and breaking for the teenagers of this generation. It was just breaking and I couldn't believe it. And now, like I find myself just tearing up at random moments when I think about teenagers again. Why? Because the Holy Spirit needed to break my heart again. I get so used to the routine of youth that it had probably gotten a little bit too used to me. And now in that moment, God broke through, the Holy Spirit spoke and I'm just, I'm passionate. I've got my energy back. I'm ready to go. Why? Because the Holy Spirit broke my heart and maybe He wants to break yours here today. See, we can choose not to hear the cries for help. There's people walking through church. There was a whole church that was on their way to the church, and yet there was people at the gate. We can choose not to hear. We can choose not to see. But something happens when we say, hey, God, get, let, me, let me give that to me. I want break my heart for it. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Do you want what breaks God's heart? People who don't, who don't know who they are. People who have no identity in Him. Do you know what breaks God's heart? People thinking that what they've done has separated them from Him. Do you know what breaks God's heart? Widows and orphans and people who suffer. Do you know what breaks God's heart? A church that doesn't rise up and allow their heart to be broken for what breaks God's. Look at us. I've been walking around lately, I've been asking God, break my heart, break my heart, break my heart. It's a, it's a funny prayer. But as I start to have my heart broken, I'm finding that I'm getting more vision. I'm getting more energy for what I do. I'm finding I'm getting more passionate about things of the Holy Spirit because I'm allowing Him to do what only He can do. We have to acknowledge the pain in our world in order to be the answer to the pain. And it's easy sometimes not to acknowledge it and hide it under the rug, but when we approach it and we say, hey, look at us. Peter wanted to acknowledge the man. The man's vision was still, at, was still at ankle height. And Peter's saying, no, no, take your vision up here. Get your vision from me. Let me speak into you. Let me speak hope into your situation. Number three, my prayer's been, Holy Spirit, break my temple mentality. It says, and Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, which is the, always represents the authority of God, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This man was in a, next to a beautiful gate that the church had set up. We have a lot of beautiful churches with beautiful buildings that we build. There's a lot of empty buildings across the world now. Empty churches, beautiful on the inside, empty on the inside, outside. Beautiful on the outside, empty on the inside. But this man had an encounter with the church on the outside of the four walls. See, the church has chained the power of God to this building. And I'm not saying Sundays are so important because you have to realize something. They still went to the temple to celebrate. So I'm not saying we do not disregard the unity of bringing together the church. I'm not saying that. Don't get that 
wrong. I am saying that the church needs to break out from the walls that confine it. And the power of the Holy Spirit is not confined to this place or to this space. In fact, the Holy Spirit wants to work on the outside of these walls just as, just as much as He wants to work on the inside of these four walls. That when you walk into a situation, the power of the Holy Spirit moves with you and through you. That when you walk into a room, the power of the Holy Spirit can be your comfort, can be your, can be your counselor, can be your word of wisdom in that moment. Because when the church allows it, when we allow the Holy Spirit to break our temple mentality, no longer being chained to, you know, Sunday being a Christian, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, walking out with passion, walking out with vision and walking out with the hope of Christ, that changes things. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We know. The Bible says, don't you know? that you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes I think we forget that because we think that we sort of leave the presence of God here when all along people sit at the gate called beautiful and they wait for the Holy Spirit to go, hey, to, for one of us to go, hey, I, I need to pray for you. Or hey, I have a word of encouragement for you. Or hey, do you know, do you know this Jesus and we can, we can start to be used by Him. See, Peter had to find the faith for the man who had none. And in our life, you have to find the faith for the person who's not near Christ right now. We, we have to find the faith to believe for healing on behalf of others. And as a result, God moves. But what I do have, I give you. You may not feel like you have money, you may not feel like you have a great business mind. You may not feel like you can speak right. You may not feel like you can do anything like God would qualify you to do anything for God. But here's what, here's a thick part I love. It says, silver or gold I have not. I don't have all the talents. I don't have all the money. I don't have the mindset. I may not have the influence that I need, but all I have is what I give, Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit. See, Peter found the faith for the, for the lame man. Who are you believing for right now in your life? Who are you believing for? Acts 1.8 says, and we know this verse, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That means everywhere. We want people who have never experienced the power of God to come to church when the, the way God intended it for, to be was for the church to go out so people could experience the power of God. I love the fact that he came to church praising. The man who hadn't been to the temple came into the temple praising God. Wouldn't it be amazing to see people come to church celebrating the fact that you moved in their life and as a result, God touched their life? That you decided to have your routine disrupted, you decided to have your heart broken, and you decided to get rid of the temple mentality that surrounds our lives and say, God, I'll, I'll, I'll be used by you. When the church allows the Holy Spirit outside the door, the Holy Spirit brings people into the community. The lame man came with them because the Holy Spirit broke out. The band can come back. I'm not going to be much longer. You see, I had a moment like this a few years ago, and I would call it my beautiful gate moment. And I was, again, just before youth camp prepping, the, literally the week before youth camp, I was running out to a meeting. I was a few minutes late already, and I literally ran. I'm, I'm here, and I walk out the front door, and literally to the left of the front door, I didn't see him at the beginning, was a man, no shirt, no shoes, sitting there in shorts, 
just literally slumped over in the heat because the afternoon sun was hammering then. And he's literally slumped next to the door of the church. And I walk past, I get to my car and I realize that I've completely walked past this guy who's sitting at the church. And there was a moment where I go, I'm gonna be late. There was a moment where I go, I've got a meeting to get to God. And there was a moment where God goes, no, you need to talk to that man. You need to go sit with that man. And so I, I literally texted the person I was having a meeting with. I'm like, I don't know how long this is gonna take, but I just need to do this. I walk up to that guy and he was still coming down off drugs. So he's just sitting there. He was out of it. He wasn't even in his right mind. And he's just sitting there. And, he, and I literally probably waited with him for a good solid two hours. I gave him some food. And then that turned in, literally turned into a three-day process of me trying to get this guy into rehab. I remember like thinking the whole time, I have no time, I have no time, I've got so much to do. I've got so much to do, God, for youth. And he goes, well, why don't you, and I remember him just challenging me saying, no, this is the church. This is the church. This is the church. He didn't make his way into the doors, but he was there at the front and he deserves the same care. And so, and I remember the three days, he's vomiting in the back of my car. I'm trying to get him into a, into a rehabilitation center. I literally am praying because no one would accept him. And I'm literally driving him all around the city, trying to get some spot for him in somewhere. Everywhere's filled up. But I remember that time of my life, and I, I'm so thankful that I chose to, to see him. I'm so thankful that I just didn't get into my car and go to the meeting being the church, doing church work. I'm so thankful that I chose to see the man who was outside the doors and that I chose to be disrupted by the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know where that man is. I know that he got a rehabilitation program. I know that he was doing well, but I don't know the full story. But I do know that I was obedient to the Holy Spirit's call, and that's enough for me. I do know that I was obedient to the Holy Spirit when he said, hey, wait, hey, go, help that man. Help that man who's sitting out the front of the doors of the church. And I wonder what it would look like today in our, in our lives for us to go, hey, I've probably not been taking Holy Spirit seriously. I've probably been so distracted and so caught in my own routine of life, in my own world, that I've not been seeing the people God has placed in the path on the way to church on Sunday. There's people scattered all throughout Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Who are those people and what does God want to do in you and through you? You see, I know, I know someone who struggles with drugs and drug addiction, and I would hope that there would be a Christian who would help them. Because when the church gets real, with the power of the Holy Spirit, He can change people's lives. I would hope that there would be a Christian in their world. I'm not in contact with them, but I hope that there would be someone who would find them, who would see them outside the doors of the church and bring them in to His presence right in that moment. I would hope that the power of the Holy Spirit would help that person do that. That's all I wanna do. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through me. I pray that we would be a church who would allow that. There's someone in your world who needs you to step up. There's someone in your world who needs you to see them. There's someone in your workplace, in your university, in your school, who needs you to believe on their behalf. 
because they don't have the faith right now, but you do. They're not, they're not connected with the eternal God, but you are. They're not, they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, but church, we are. And we carry the power of an almighty God. And He wants to work through you. He wants to work through me. Let's give Him the space. Let's be allowed to get distracted and disrupted in our routines. Let's allow Him to break our hearts. Let's allow Him to break down the temple mentality that we've carried for too long. Can we all stand to our feet? There's people in the room and you feel like maybe you're Peter or John. That's cool. And there's people in the room and you feel like you're more like the man who was just carried to church. That's cool too. But there's a few things that I just, I I really, I feel need to do right now. This happened after Pentecost and when Holy Spirit fills you, and then we call it the baptism of the Spirit, I believe there's a boldness that goes with that. I believe there's a boldness and I've seen it. I've seen it in our youth group church. Like we had a, we baptized hundreds at youth camp and guess what happened? They're going into their schools and they're starting to declare the Word of God and they're starting to pray for each other. They're starting to worship like never before. Why? Because they've been filled with the Spirit. And I just really feel in my heart right now and I'm just gonna allow it to disrupt what I was planning to do. But if you wanna be filled with the Spirit, this is a safe place to do it. Because when you're filled with the Spirit and you may have been prayed for in the past, that's fine, that's totally cool. But if we keep on asking God, He'll, he'll answer. It's, it's, and I like to describe it as, it's like being Superman. This is a youth terminology, but you have to go with me. It's like being Superman and choosing not to fly. There'll be moments where you wanna get to the destination quicker and praying in tongues will help you get there. There'll be moments where, where you, do, you don't have the words to pray and you don't have the words to say, but the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf. And I know there are people in the room and I know you've been in church maybe a long time. And I know that there are some things that are going through your mind saying, I can't come right now. But in this worship moment, I just wanna, I really feel like I need to give this opportunity that if you wanna pray, if you wanna be baptized in the Spirit, you wanna pray in tongues, you wanna speak heaven's language, I believe it. You will receive it this morning that you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and there will be a boldness over your life, I trust me, that you've never had before. You'll be able to walk into situations, you'll be able to walk into circumstances with the confidence knowing that God is gonna speak through you. Why? Because you're baptised in the Spirit. So I wanna open up the opportunity if, as the band start to sing again. Why don't you come on down the front? I'll, I'll be happy to pray with you. There's no magic potion, there's no magic prayer. We just need faith. We just need faith. If you have mustard seed faith, we'll see it happen right now. It's a free gift. So come get it. Are we ready? Church, I'm just gonna throw it open. If you wanna come down as we worship, come down the front, I'll pray for you right now. We'll do it.